Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, where the spirits are high and the laughs are plenty. I'm your host, Matthew Henry, the Sultan of Shakers, here to guide you through the maze of mixology with a steady hand and a steady pour. And joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Henry, today's Grand Marshal of Muddling, adorned with a cape made entirely of cocktail napkins and wielding a muddler scepter that's been blessed by the high priests of Mojitoville. Buckle up, folks, as we dive into another episode filled with outrageous concoctions, deep dives into cocktail lore, and maybe, just maybe, a few good laughs along the way. Cheers to that. How you doing, Grand Marshal of Muddling? Well, you know, Matthew, first of all, I got to talk about my robe of cocktail napkins. I mean, well, yeah, do. Because I also want to know how you met the high priestess of, of Mojitoville. Well, so, okay, I'll get into that. But first, you know, this robe is really important to me. It's really special. That's why I wear it every week. Okay. And since, you know, that's what people know me by, I definitely have to wear it whenever I go outside, especially when I am the Grand Marshal of a parade. And speaking of how I met the high priest of muddling. Of Mojitoville. (laughs) I'm sorry, of Mojitoville. You know, I'm not a religious man, Matthew, so you know that I usually would not be caught hobnobbing with such types. But I will tell you, we all have our vices. Right. Yes. And it just turns out that the high priest and I, we share the same (laughs) vice. And I'm just going to leave it there because I want to protect the reputations and financial well-being of the powerful. (laughs) As as one does in religion. Yeah. And and you get the to, to have your muddler blessed. So that's 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 a plus. That's right. That's right. Always, always work with a blessed muddler. That's what I say. And that was my week, Matthew. How was your week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the week has been actually really good. I've really enjoyed this week. It's this weekend. uh, My daughter had a friend over and it's, you know, there's nothing better than hearing giggling in your house, you know, just joy and laughter and you know just her and her friend were just you know they were laughing up a storm in her room and it was just it was great and then i had dinner with some friends and i brought a batched cocktail for them oh and it was a big hit nice so i will probably be introducing that next week as as a matter of fact oh i see i see good and uh, yeah it was great so i had a really good week and i can't complain can't complain I, I did not get to hang out with the priests of Bodhidoville, so it wasn't as good as yours. No, I mean, you wouldn't. You you wouldn't. Uh, uh, of course not. Uh, I, I do. I know that you probably have I do. a question for me. But before we get to that, y- you mentioned that there's like nothing better than the hearing the sound of giggling in your house. But Matthew, what if you live in an old creepy house all by yourself? 
Okay, then, yeah, then that would be a little wrong. (laughs) Because as soon as you said that, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, that's the last thing I want to hear in my house is giggling. You know, like, I don't want to hear giggling. Oh, yeah. No, if there were nobody else in your house and you hear giggling, then, yeah, then you got to run. That would be a terrible thing. (laughs) All right, but I do have a question for you. I knew it. Yeah, well. It's written right here in the show notes. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. Yes. So you always know, but uh, our listeners don't. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and ask the question every four years. You know, there, there are things that happen on four year cycles. The Olympics, for example, presidential elections are another, but also every four years we add an extra day to the calendar. That's right. Well, okay. Yes, that is correct. Yes. If I, if I've done my math correctly, we will publish this episode on that extra day. So Ben, I'm at, my last question to you is what do you plan on doing with your extra day this year? Well, so first of all, Matthew, we don't actually add an extra day every four years. That is incorrect. Mm-mm. I, the calendar has that extra day. I've seen it. Uh, mm-mm. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. So every now and then they got to true it up. I get it. I get it. Every now and then? No, it's not every now and then. It's every hundred years. You have a leap year every four years, except you don't every 100 years. Okay. Okay. Mr. Smarty Pants. All right. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, okay. You know, you're a lot, you're a lot better after you had a few drinks. Yeah. Maybe you should just start <laughs> sipping. I can't look at this thing. It's, it's a masterpiece. I can't drink this thing quickly. <laughs> it is beautiful. It is. All right. Like I, 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 yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I did have one before the show though, because I, this is my, this is actually right, my. But you're third evading the question. You're but, evading the question. What, what are you going oh, yeah, to do with yeah, your extra day? Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do with my extra day? Anyway, so here's my first question. So sure, we add an extra day to the year. Is February 29th the extra day, or is it really December 31st? Is that the extra day? Like, right? Because it doesn't make sense that we add it in the middle. Well, they added it to the shortest month. You know, it was just just it just made sense that way. No, they renamed March 1st, February 29th. And then March 2nd became March 1st. Right. So the 366th day of the year is December 31st. So get back to me. On December 31st. And I will You're tell you what I'm You're the biggest procrastinator <laughs> in the world. You know that? You're like, I don't even want to think about what I'm going to do. I'm just going to kick it down the can to the last possible day. Like, like this is so arbitrary and like, whatever. It's like, nothing matters. <laughs> nothing makes sense. Still haven't answered the damn question, but all right. All right. Oh, what am I, what do I plan to do with my extra day? Play Dungeons and Dragons and drink. That's what I plan to do. Okay. All right. You know, because some people, some, I, I'm not surprised, <laughs> but you know, some people, would think that they would do something altruistic with that extra day, you know, that they would, I don't know, write their, their congressman or go and pick up trash or do something that they normally wouldn't get to do because now they've got an extra day. They've been given the gift of an extra day. Yeah. You know what people should do on their extra day? They should go to work. Most will. Yeah. Right. And I don't mean any of this like remote stuff. I mean like in the office. Like God intended. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why this conversation steered there, but I think what we've decided is that we're really not doing anything extra on this extra day. I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons and drinking. (laughs) 
while all of my underlings work. All right. All right. I might just, you know, maybe I'll watch. As God intended. I'll watch the Giants and drink. Amen. You know, so I think that'll be. Salute. Yeah. Salute. Are they going to be on TV? They were on on TV. No. I, I got all excited oh, that it was going to be on TV. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. You know what time it is? Is it that time? <laughs> it's time for. Tip of the day. day. <laughs> I feel so weird. I feel like I feel like I have my left shoe on my right foot. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> do, do, do we need to do it the right way or just no? I, no, you, you you jumped the gun. That's, that's it. Right. That's right. That's right. There's only right. one tip of the day announcement. I'm not yelling that again. <laughs> okay. So the tip or observation of the day is when you're creating your cocktail. One way we've talked a lot about how to change up a cocktail using like different liqueurs or syrups and things like that. But another way to really change the profile of a cocktail is to introduce a higher proof spirit than what you typically use. And most cocktails like a bourbon is usually somewhere between 80 and 90 proof. You know, you're, you know, 80 proof is kind of the standard for most spirits. And then you kind of get some higher proof as you go along, especially on the whiskeys. But sometimes you just want to like add some oomph to your drink, a little punch, if you will. You can add a higher proof spirit. Bottled and bond is 100 proof. Promote for spirits, and you you know, can certainly go that route. Then there's cast strength, you know, which is you know in the one thirties oftentimes, yeah. you know. Yeah, so baby. they will give you a good punch of of flavor and 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 like you know real punch of alcohol, and it really does change the 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 flavor and the. I guess the the complexity of the drink is when you something with high proof you taste it as soon as you sip that cocktail. That's the you get the maybe the burn of the alcohol is first and foremost, and so you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I think that that's a really good tip is explore your higher proof spirits as a way of changing things up. Maybe even taking a favorite. And swapping out the traditional spirit for a higher proof version and see what you got. I think there's a, a, a there's some some room there to play. So that's my tip. And you know, play around with the higher proof spirits. I like this tip, Matthew. I mean, obviously I would. You know. Yeah, because you're a boozer and you you appreciate you know strong booze. That's right. the The only good booze is strong booze. You know, and <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. They're all good. I love all of them. Exactly. That sounds weird. Except for Campari. Screw it, Campari. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I don't love all of them. That was stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. There's many I don't like. I like many of them. And no, but this is an excellent way to to, to punch up a, a cocktail. If you find a cocktail that's boring, add some overproof of the spirit that you're working with. If you find that it is too one-dimensional, overproof it. If you find that you like the volume that you get out of the the whatever ratios you're using, but you find that it is too sweet or too tart, overproof it to help balance it out. This is a great tool to have in your back pocket. And also it opens up a whole wide world of really great spirits that you might otherwise avoid because they're overproof. Good tip, Matthew. Good tidbit. Good observation. Thank you. I like it. 
Thank you. So normally you would just kind of jump into your cocktail. I would. But I do feel like it's important to note uh-huh. that last week we made fun of people who make this cocktail. What are you talking about? I don't make fun of anybody in their cocktails. I think we, we well, we were talking about children shouldn't be drinking. And then we were like, you know, and then there was a mudslide reference. Mm-hmm. And, and then we had to clarify that no children should be drinking. That is true. And then, and then now all of a sudden you show up with. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a mudslide? That is what I'm drinking today, Matthew. A mudslide. <laughs> and it's because I couldn't get out of my head since we said it. I mean, you also did say. We should have one of those on the show. We haven't had one of those on the show yet. I, I did. We hadn't. No, we haven't. So I was like, you know, I, I, I think I should I should at least consider putting this on the list. And then as I announced on the baseball show last Monday, I'm starting my month of sweetness. I'm going to be optimistic about the Giants for the entire spring training, as I mentioned on the baseball show. But I'm also going to be drinking sweet cocktails. And I know what you're thinking, listener. You're thinking, Ben, that's all you ever drink. And yeah, you're right. I I mostly drink sweet cocktails. So I'm going over the top. I'm finding just super sweet cocktails, cocktails that are just ridiculously sweet, ridiculously decadent. And I honestly, these mostly are unbalanced. And But that's not why they exist. They don't exist for us cocktail snobs, right? These are cocktails that are made for people who don't normally drink cocktails. Like 8 to 12 year olds. (laughs) No. Why why are you trying to get us arrested? Yeah. I I meant 19 year olds. I meant nine. That's what I meant. (laughs) You mean you you meant 21 year olds. I meant, oh, that's, that's what I meant. I'm at 21 year olds. What are you talking about? You know, (laughs) these kids on their birthdays, on their 21st birthdays, they've never had a cocktail before. They don't know what they need to have. They have a mudslide, right? Because that's what they do. So that's what I'm drinking because it's my month of sweetness. And we hadn't had one on the show. And here's the thing, Matthew. We also did not know at all what was in a mudslide because we were just talking out of our. That's true. That's true. I, I just I just remembered it being a really sweet kind of like, you know, drink. And yeah, I think I referred to it as like a bourbon mudslide with ice cream. Matthew, there is no bourbon in this cocktail and there's also no ice cream. in it. <laughs> there should be. There should be. There can be. And there often is. There often is. A lot of people do make serve mudslides out there like that. First, let me tell you what's in this mudslide. Yes, please. The mudslide that I am drinking today has one ounce of vodka that's just there to boost up the abv and then it has one ounce of bailey's irish cream and then it has one ounce of coffee liqueur now i made this with two different coffee liqueurs the first one was mr black and the second one was kalua they make very different cocktails and then it has one and a half ounces of heavy cream this is the cream that if you whip it hard enough it turns into whipped cream And then we have chocolate shavings as a garnish. You take the vodka, the Baileys, and the coffee liqueur in a shaker with ice, and you shake it until chilled. And then you double strain that into a coupe glass. The double strain is important here because you don't want any chips in this particular cocktail. It comes out as a very creamy and smooth cocktail, and the the ice chips just kind of 
weird that out, right? They add this weird dilution when they get in your mouth, and they also just mess with the mouthfeel. So, so definitely double strain. And then you top it with chocolate shavings. So when you hold it to your nose, the first thing that you do is you smell those chocolate shavings. And I think that's really kind of important because they kind of really prepare you for what you're about to taste. This is a dessert cocktail. This is not a, like, I'm going to sit down at a bar and and have a nice refined cocktail. This is also not like, I'm going to get home from work and have a relaxing cocktail. This is not a, like, it's a hot day outside and I'm going to sit by the pool and drink something refreshing cocktail. This is like a special celebration cocktail that I'm going to do because I want to have something that is decadent and sweet. And... Do I like it? Not really. <laughs> but you took one for the team because we said we were going to introduce a mudslide. We said we were going to do it. And 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 yeah, and I don't I don't it, it's 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 not balanced. Right. This is not a craft cocktail. This isn't something where you're sitting there being like, "Ooh, how can I make this, you know, perfectly balanced and like, "Ooh, I'm going to get the specialty stuff. And it's just like, no, you, you don't do any of that. And you're like, I want something that's desserty and sweet and creamy. And I, you know, I, I don't even like this as like nearly as much as like a white Russian, which is just, you know, which is vodka and Kahlua and, and cream. This just comes off as being, it's too cloying. Well, this was a drink that came out of the 80s. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> or at least it was popularized in the 80s. And well, that explains it. Yes. And so, you know, when you think of these over-the-top sweet cocktails, this definitely, I think, is indicative of that era and and what was coming out of the cocktails at the time. I'm wondering, I am not an expert on the Irish cream kind of, I'm wondering if there is a different Irish cream out there that's a little bit more sophisticated than Bailey's. And maybe comparing that with a Mr. Black's might give you kind of a more cocktail-centered drink rather than a dessert-centered drink. I don't know. I'm just wondering out loud. I don't know. I did see that they had some cheaper. There was this one called Sheelish, Sheelan Irish Cream. But that one cost half the price of the Irish Cream. So yeah, I stayed I stayed with the name brand, with the leading brand, Bailey's here. I don't know that there is a finer Irish Cream out there. Maybe there is, but I don't. A, a quick Google search shows that there are opinions. And that there are other options. Oh, there are opinions. Okay. Okay. Well, well, what does Google say? Well, a couple that are really highly recommended. One is called Five Farms Irish Cream. Okay. Yeah, there's there's definitely options out there. But the Five Farms is more expensive and it's award-winning. It's award-winning. And it and it uses premium whiskey in its in its base. So I'm sh- I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. You know, it's sweet. It's a very sweet liqueur. You got to store it in the refrigerator, most likely, because the ABV is not high enough. And it has cream in it. I mean, I don't want, this isn't intended to be like, I'm going to bash on, I'm going to bash on Irish cream. But I guess I think that's probably what I don't like about this cocktail is the Irish cream. So what you're saying is you should just go with a white Russian. <laughs> right. I mean, I think I would drink a white Russian over over this any day. And I think it's just because it's too decadent. It is too sweet. 
and and I can see why people like this with ice cream and all that sort of stuff because then it becomes about being a dessert and less about being a cocktail at that point. And and it doesn't surprise me that this is out of the 80s and got popular then. But, you know, but sticking with my positivity, I, I'm realizing that, that I, I have to be more positive about this. I love this cocktail, Matthew. It was the greatest. <laughs> if you are an 8 to 12-year-old and you're really looking for a good cocktail, <laughs> this is the cocktail for you. Oh, man. We're totally getting arrested. <laughs> no. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> or will Eight you? And t- <laughs> or will I? <laughs> Hey, kid, here's what you do. You walk into the saloon, you go up to the bar, and you say, bartender, give me a virgin <laughs> mudslide. <laughs> what, what one one shot of heavy cream coming up. <laughs> one shot of heavy cream. <laughs> Let me whip it up for you for a little shot, a little, ice, a little, little chocolate in there. You're basically, you're basically asking for a pup cup. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sometimes a little jealous of the pups to get those pup cups. A dog's mudslide is. It's just a pup cup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it, Matthew. The mudslide. I didn't like it. It was too sweet. And what are you drinking this week? <laughs> I am drinking a cocktail that actually has a name that harkens back to the 80s as well. This is a cocktail called Bloom County. And if you're a Gen Xer, you know exactly what Bloom County is. If you're beyond, if you're a millennial, you may be like wondering what that is. Google it. Okay. It was a, an amazing comic strip that was produced in the 80s. And maybe... What's a comic strip? It, it's a comic. It was a, you know, kind of like the anime you know, magazines they have now. Back then it was just these. Anyway, anyway, Google that. What's a magazine? All right, Google all that. I don't I don't even know how to explain it. But anyway, Bloom County had a couple of characters. Bill the Cat, Opus, who was a penguin? Yeah, Opus was a penguin. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of other characters whose names are irrelevant. Milo Bloom. Yeah, Milo, yes, yeah. But Bill the Cat and Opus carried the, the strip. They really did. They really did. Matthew and I are the Bill and the Opus. <laughs> And and, yes. and 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 yes, Matthew's the opus, and I'm the bill. Like obviously, <laughs> totally, totally. I don't think anyone had any doubt. And so the this drink is called Bloom County. It is actually a drink that was made by Leandro di Monrovi Monriva Monriva. You might know him as the Educated Barfly on YouTube, but. He did a show that this was like the first original cocktail that he created when he was just getting into the bartending scene. And I actually really liked it. And so what is in a Bloom County? It has two ounces of cask strength bourbon, a half ounce of an old favorite, Licor 43, or Licor 43, a half ounce of sweet vermouth, and four dashes of Peychaud's bitters. And you put all those into a mixing glass with ice and give it a good nice stir for about 30 seconds to chill it. And then you strain it into a Nick and Nora glass and you take an orange peel and you spritz it over the top and drop it on top as a garnish. And that is what is in the Bloom County. Uh, As I watched the video, the original recipe I saw online called for the cast strength bourbon, and that's what I'm using today. But when I watched the video, he actually used a 100 proof bottled and bond uh, bourbon when he did it. 
So as long as it's higher proof, I think, and and I'm we'll talk a little about the importance of that just as as I'm getting into this because it is a spirit only drink, right? There's no there's no syrups or citrus in this, and so it is a it's one of those drinks where the 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 oomph as I was talking about in our tip of the day, the oomph of the high proof bourbon hits you in the throat as you're drinking, but then it's immediately replaced by the sweetness of the liqueur 43 and the sweet vermouth. And, and so it's a nicely balanced cocktail. It does, in spite of the high proof bourbon, it does swing to the sweet side, but it's balanced. And the Peychaud's bitters gives this nice spice to it, you know, this nice aroma and spice and, and color. It's a beautiful cocktail. It's got this really nice kind of reddish orange uh, hues. And when you drink it, you get the honey of the liqueur 43. You get some of those spices that are in that. The sweet vermouth is not overpowering. And and I think some people kind of have this aversion to sweet vermouth because it can be kind of very in your face. But in this case, it doesn't compete as much with the Peychaud's and the high strength bourbon. And so it just kind of sits there and offers a little bit of, of complexity and sweetness. And so... It's a really nice cocktail, and I am I'm exploring, as you may know or may have noticed, I'm exploring cocktails that are spirit forward because I feel like I tend to keep going back to ones that are kind of in the sour family or the daisy family, and I really wanted to challenge myself to do something different. And so this is a very different cocktail, and I will say my cast strength bourbon is a 114 proof cast strength bourbon that I got. I don't remember the name of the bourbon, but it was gifted to me from a California distillery here in, in uh, I think in San Luis Obispo. And it has a punch. And I think if I did a hundred proof, it would be a little bit different. I think that there might even be a little sweeter. And so I don't mind the the really high proof bourbon in this. I think it really does a good job of balancing out that liqueur trace and the sweet vermouth. So that's what I'm drinking, Ben, this uh, very spirit forward Bloom County. And the educated barfly said that it was a weird name that has nothing to do with the drink and that he just named it that. And so so if you're trying to make a tie into the ingredients to the title or to the name, it, it, it doesn't exist. So in the name in, in the words of Bill the Cat. Well, OK, so first of all, who doesn't love the educated barfly on YouTube? Maybe at some point in time in the future, we should talk about our favorite YouTubers. But uh, but uh, but anyway, I really like this one because of the three main ingredients here. These are all very interesting. And I can see how you would say that this would become a sweet profile cocktail because the, the liqueur 43 is a sweet liqueur. Very sweet. Yeah. And uh, yet it's very sweet. But of course, then with with the bourbon which is also has a sweet profile and then the sweet vermouth, which starts out sweet, right? Sweet vermouth is sweet on the attack, right? Like when you first taste it, it is a very sweet kind of taste. So you have bourbon plus liqueur 43 plus sweet vermouth and it becomes a very sweet forward. But what's interesting here is the finish, right? Because the, the, the 43, I guess must just sort of disappear and and maybe some of those botanicals stick around, but you're going to start to get the bitterness of the vermouth, the wormwood, which is going to stick around in your mouth forever. 
That's one of the reasons why I don't like sweet vermouth is because it lasts so long on the finish. But also you have the overproof bourbon, which is also going to stick around not quite as long as that bitterness, but it's going to stick around after the finish. So this is a this is a cocktail where when you drink it, it's really going to change. Yeah. And I, I mean, to that point, I think when you take that sip, it's it's interesting because the burn of the bourbon, it's almost like you could trace the path that it goes down your throat like you can feel it. Right. Right. But the sweetness of the of the liqueur 43 and the sweet vermouth, I think, replace that burn. And it's really interesting. So your mind just goes through this whole like, oh, this is interesting, right? Every time you sip it, it's like, oh, this is interesting. There's no time where you're like, oh, this is kind of what I expected. It's it's actually really interesting, for lack of a better word. And I I I really like that. I like that it kind of makes you think every time you sip it because it's not what you would expect. Right, right. And you know what it's it's got me thinking is like if you guys can find an overproof vodka, throw that into your mudslide. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but what I really like about this particular cocktail, I think it's it's really simple. It's really it uses some interesting, you know, ingredients that you wouldn't normally use, like the liqueur 43 and the cast strength bourbon, which I kind of think is kind of what somebody making their first original would kind of do, right? I'm going to go use really outrageous, weird things that are not on the beaten path. And rather than try to work with those ratios, I'm going to choose these really interesting ingredients. But what that does is create a very interesting cocktail that has a lot, I think, which really interests me on the finish here. The finish is kind of what makes this cocktail. Yeah. And that's not something that you often see, right? Like It's true. Yeah. A lot of the times it, it's not about it's not about the finish. I mean, bitterness stays in your mouth for like well, what month is this? This is we're we're at the end of February. <laughs> Since October. Yeah. yeah. And how long ago was October? Yeah. So uh, that's how long bitter bitterness has stayed in my mouth about the Giants. There's there's no bitterness in this though. The, you talked about the wormwood being like I'm not I'm not getting wormwood. I'm getting I'm getting that bourbon like kind of burn more than the wormwood. I right okay. I think I think that that's there's no bitterness in here. It's 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 the spice of the peshads. It's the spice of the bourbon that you're getting more than anything else. Along combined with the sweetness that's there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. The Mudslide and Bloom County. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make it yourself, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it. Sponsored by Giant Cocktails. Or paint a word picture of it and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all. And it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Uh, Yeah, leaving a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. I'm also really glad that Scott got back in. You go, Scott. Uh, uh, And telling a friend or in-law or casual acquaintance or a complete stranger about our show. You know, just just tell somebody. That's really all we really care about. I don't care how you know them or if you know them at all, really. Just tell somebody. Thank you. Yes. And if you do leave us a review anywhere, remember, we're looking for max scores here, people. All right. It's five stars or it's a fail. You know, you know, isn't that what they always tell you at the at the dealer? If I don't get 100 percent, I failed. That's how we are here at Giant Cocktails. If we don't get 100 percent, we failed. 
and we don't fail, so don't give us a failing grade. Also, on Spotify, I just realized that some of you could like leave us notes and things like that. To the guy who left us two notes oh. months ago, thank you for that. And on that note, we'll see you all next Monday when Matthew and I will be drinking these very same cocktails. I'm not going to be drinking this, folks. I'm not going to be drinking a mudslide. <laughs> be pretending. Pretending to drink a mudslide. I'm going to be pretending to drink a mudslide. But I'll definitely be drinking something sweet because it is my month of positivity. My, my, my month of sweetness. And uh, and we will be breaking down the first full week of spring training games where we weed way too much into the very small number of results that will have come in by then. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Goodbye, everybody. Ooh, we got a new review on, on Apple Podcasts. It's a good one. Oh, sweet. Well, on that note, folks, goodbye! Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. I just want you all to know that I love you very much. No, he doesn't. He doesn't love you at all. Don't don't fall for it. And that this this community is so important to me. <laughs> only when you leave five stars. <laughs> but only when you leave five stars. Exactly right. <laughs> We're trying to compete with Ben Caspic, folks. All right, we need five stars. That's right. That's right. How am I going to become primary Ben if you aren't giving us all five stars? Because <laughs> that is all this is about, is which who is the top Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even think about that. Think about That's true. Yeah. Who's Ben? Who's Ben Prime? <laughs> well, I, my vote is for you. Hey, thank you. I mean that. I'm not even caring that you're my brother. <laughs>